Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalists Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. Welcome to episode number 80. Today, we're going to talk about family. Sean, do you got any music for us you can, you can insert here? That is my jam. <laughs> uh, that is a jam. <laughs> it's, it's a jam I have heard before. I Yes, yes, indeed. Well, uh, we are going to talk about family today. But first, Ryan, I'd like to know how you have time for anything when you're so busy just keeping it real. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, oh, no, we're, we're, we are back in, uh, back in Montana for a, a short period of time. We, we are, we've been in the middle of this Less Is Now tour. We're 12 cities into a 40-city tour. If you want to come out and see us, it's uh, just lessisnow.com. But Josh, when are we going to go to England? <laughs> Josh, when are we going to go to Berlin? Lessisnow.com. <laughs> when are we going to go to Brazil? Lessisnow.com. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, before we dive in here, I just want to say thanks real quick. We have about 500 Patreon supporters in, in a month now. And Ryan and I, as well as Podcast Sean, we're trying to build a new podcast recording studio. And also we're trying to hire a full-time filmmaker so we can do a video version of the podcast. Also do a bunch of other meaningful video creations, live streams, interviews, um, all, all kinds of stuff we're trying to do. And if you want to support us, none of the money goes to me or Ryan personally, but it allows us to pay the folks that we need to pay, also build the studio we need to build. We'd really appreciate your support because we refuse to clutter this podcast with advertisements. Just head on over to patreon.com slash the minimalists. You can also find that in the show notes or just head over to the minimalists.com and click on that donate button at the top. You can contribute just once via PayPal, or you can do a per episode over at Patreon. And that support really helps us sustain this podcast and create some meaningful stuff. Thanks for being a part of that, y'all. All right, Ryan, what do you say we, uh, we dive right in? Yeah, man. Beautiful. Our first, uh, our first question is from Emily in Ottawa. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on how caring for others fits into minimalism. I'm a mom of two boys, ages six and four. I have a loving husband. I have a dad who lives on his own but uses a power chair, a power wheelchair and needs extra help on a regular basis. I also have a grandmother who is 99 years young, and I am currently power of attorney for her finances. Um, on top of that, I work full-time. I have daily responsibilities and chores. I try to make time for friends and family, time for myself, uh, getting enough sleep, and all of that. Um, there are people in my life that depend on me as a caretaker, and I sometimes struggle to find balance with all these aspects of my life. 
I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I don't think I'm the only one in a situation like this. And I wonder if you have any tips or tricks to offer. You know, I really like the first thing that Emily said, Ryan, when she talked about being a, a minimalist in progress. And I think you and I are still in progress, right? Hopefully. Shh, don't tell our don't tell our fans. <laughs> they think we've self-actualized. We'll be ruined. <laughs> you know what? I it's what's really nice about this uh, about this journey is as your life changes, the things that add value to your life will change and your circumstances will change as well. Now, Emily has some interesting circumstances here. She she's dealing with a lot. Emily, you have several full-time jobs. Being a mom to two boys in and of itself can be a full-time job. Being a spouse is a full-time job or a partner to someone is a full-time job. Taking care of your parents or your grandparents can often be or at least feel like a full-time gig. And of course, you have your own full-time job that you have to attend to as well. And what you're struggling with right now is you have all these people that depend on you, right? Emily has these people who who are her dependents, either like in the in the IRS sense of the word, like you can claim them on your taxes or they're just people who depend on you. And by the way, there are many other people you didn't list who depend on you. There are coworkers and bosses and customers and employees and, and all these other people that are at work that depend on you in some form or fashion. And you are trying to balance all of that with also alone time and sleep and, and you know, trying to be your own individual. And I think that Man, what the, the, the word that, that keeps coming to mind here as I'm, as I'm talking through this is balance. How does, how does one stay balanced when you're constantly bombarded by other people's demands? Whether that's work, whether it's the people in your household or family, and also your own demands, the demands that we put on, on ourselves as well. And it reminded me of this really brief essay that Seth Godin wrote, and the title of it is An Overlooked Secret to Effectiveness, and there's a parenthesis there, and Happiness. Knowing where enough is. So he's he, basically saying that's the overlooked secret, knowing where enough is. More might be better for a while, but sooner or later, it can always be better. Diminishing returns are the law, not an exception. If we look to advertisers, marketers, bosses, doctors, partners, and suppliers to tell us when we've reached enough, we're almost certainly going to get it wrong. It's okay to stop when you're happy. Is more always better? No. Sometimes only better is better. And I think we need to keep that in mind here, Ryan. As she's going through and dealing with all of these other people, her gas tank might be empty. And if you aren't growing as an individual, if you don't have enough for yourself, enough sleep, enough health, enough passion, enough creativity, enough positive relationships, enough sense of well-being, if you don't feel like your actions are aligned with the person you want to become, then all of a sudden you feel pulled in, in a bunch of different directions and you're going to feel drained. And if you feel drained for too long, you, you feel empty. And I think that that's what spurred Emily's question here is she is, she doesn't know what to cut out at this point because everything seems so important. And when everything is important, then nothing becomes important. And, and, and so I think the key, the key for Emily here is to identify what is non-essential. And for me, minimalism has allowed me to identify what isn't essential in my life. And then, and then conversely, 
take what is essential and then prioritize those things because we might have 10 different priorities in our life even though that's a strange thing because that word priority used to always just be singular there was never a a plural use of that word until the 20th century we used to say this is my priority priority just means the first thing if you have 10 priorities you have 10 the first things and that the math just doesn't work right and so Instead of having multiple priorities, we need to figure out what is most important to us, get it down to as few priorities as possible. And thankfully, I think Emily has done that to a great extent. She said a few things in passing that you could tell are priorities, but there are things that she wants to be priorities. Right now, they're lip service priorities. So, well, I want to make sure I get enough sleep. Well, are you actually getting enough sleep? Are you tracking your sleep? And, and if not, then it's going to bleed over into every other area of, of your life. And so what I'd love for you to do is, uh, usually I would ask someone to go back and take a look at the last 24 hours. How'd you spend the last day? But with you, you've got these different priorities in your life. How'd you spend your last week? Go look at the last week. And if you can't remember everything, then start today and write down, although it's a little bit harder because once you know you're measuring it, it actually changes things. Remember, Ryan, when we took our, when we added that, that uh, app to our phones called Moment, all of a sudden, immediately, once you start tracking your behavior, you, your behavior changes. Right. It's like the observation of the thing automatically changes the thing, which could be a good thing for Emily. So I'd love you to go back for the last week, write down what you did every day. And, and I mean, even the minutiae. Go, how often did you check email? How often did you, you know, go to Facebook or go to YouTube? Or how often did you watch television? How often did you do these things that are maybe non-essentials in your life? And then how often did you spend time on the essential things in your life? And once you've made that list, I'd love, to I would love for you to recognize what your most busy days were. Where did you feel most overwhelmed is usually an indicator for me to realize that, wow, I was way too busy last Wednesday because I felt so overwhelmed. And then on those busiest days, what are the things you could have said no to? And it's really important to get clear on that because we want to say no to the non-essential things first so that we can say yes to the things that are essential. And then if you have extra time, then you can prioritize some of the non-essential things in your life as well. Some of those things are important. Some of those things add value to your life. Entertainment is important to me, but it's not something that is absolutely essential to my life. And so I have to keep that in mind. And then also, you have a lot of people in your life know when to ask for help. Uh, that's one thing that I've struggled with for a long time, Ryan. And I, I think I've, I've done a lot better over the last four or five years for sure. But I used to want to accomplish everything on my own. And I figured out, actually back in the corporate world is when I really started to figure out as I ascended the corporate ladder, like I can't do everything myself. If you're managing a bunch of retail stores, you can't help every customer. You can't uh, you, you can't get involved in every employee dispute even. And so you have to delegate some things. And so sometimes when your friends and family and people are coming to you, you're going to have to delegate some things to them. And you're, whether it's your kids or, or your spouse or your parents or grandparents or people at work, you're going to have to find ways to effectively delegate to, to some of the people in your life. And the last thing I'm going to say real quick is I want you to use your calendar. So this is the measurement part. I want you to schedule out your days because if you really prioritize your days, you, you don't want this uh, nebulous sort of, well, I think I've got some work to do this afternoon and I think I'm going to check email this evening. 
No, I want you to schedule those things. I want you to schedule the essentials first. And I think that should start with me time. And for you, it, it's Emily time. What is the, the me time? And schedule that in there first. You need that alone time. And you probably need even more alone time if, you are, if you're an introvert. And so you have to figure that out as well. Schedule that me time in there first. Schedule your sleeping as well. That is so important. It will help every other area of life or it will hurt every other area of life if you are not sleeping enough. And then from there, schedule in all of your other priorities. Obviously, you have to go to work, right? You have to spend time at work. You want to spend time with your husband and then your kids and then, of course, your dad and your grandma. And that will change from time to time. And you'll also want to ask other people to help out with those things and then schedule in the non-essential items. Your calendar should be full every day, at least for now, so while you develop those habits that you need to have a more effective, I won't say productive, because we mistake productivity for effectiveness, but how do we have the most effective day possible? And right now, for you, it's about scheduling those blocks of time so that you can use your time uh, to the best of your ability. It's the, the only resource we all have the same exact thing of. You don't have the same amount of money as everyone else. You don't have the same amount of skills. You don't have the same amount of uh, resources, but you do have the same amount of time in a day, 24 hours. Let's try to spend it wisely. Ryan, what do you think for Emily? Yeah, the good news, Emily, is that you are not alone. Uh, everyone has has trouble balancing uh, balancing their lives when it comes to working, when it comes to providing, and especially in your situation, when it comes for other people who are depending on you. And yeah, I would say, uh, going back to the metaphor Josh used uh, with your gas tank being empty, if your gas tank is empty right now, Emily, then you can't even help yourself, let alone anyone else. So whatever you have to do, if it is scheduling better sleep, if it is scheduling alone time, if it is scheduling a time for you to go out by yourself and watch a movie, whatever it may be, yeah, I totally agree with Josh. That is exactly where you've got to start. Uh, we all know the metaphor of uh, you know the oxygen masks. When they drop from the ceiling on the plane, you got to put yours on first so you can assist other people because if you don't do that, well, then both people might die if, if, that's, if that's the case. So you know, that's, that's a little bit of a, of an extreme example, but, uh, I, I think you understand what I'm saying here. It, it's not, uh, we're not, Josh and I aren't saying to, uh, focus on yourself and only yourself, but it does start with making sure your gas tank is full so you can help others. And I totally agree about, uh, finding out what your priorities are. Um, you know, it's funny with our, our with our approach to minimalism, Josh, we started with uh, the packing party and getting rid of the excess stuff so we could figure out what was important to us. Right. And I would say start with, instead of starting with the things that aren't, that are non-essential, start with the things that are essential, write yes. those down on a piece of paper, because those are the things that you need to say yes to. Those are the things you absolutely have to say yes to. And anything else that pops into your life, this is where you're going to have to get really good at saying no. You're going to have to say no to a lot of things in order to uh, help these people and be there for the people that really, really, really need you. And lastly, I would say when it comes to asking for help, maybe your friends or family, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you probably have a couple people out there who could assist. Not uh, you know, 20 hours a week, but maybe it's just, uh, you know, five hours a week, one hour uh, a day for five days uh, a week, whatever it may be. I'm assuming you have someone to help you. If you don't take an ad out on Craigslist, cause you got to ask yourself a question. Like if you could pay someone 15 bucks an hour for five hours a week, that's 75 bucks. 
what can you do with those hours? And what is that 75 bucks worth to you? I, mm. I know that there are plenty of people out there. I used to do this when I was uh, just graduating high school. I'd moved down uh, to Florida with my mom for a little bit. I was literally put, taking ads out in papers where people just needed assistance with um, uh, just some really basic needs, uh, checking on a grandmother or something. Um, and I would just pick up hours here and there. I know there are people out there who would be happy to uh, go do something for you uh, for an hour for 15 bucks, let alone for five hours uh, a week for 75 bucks. But I'm just throwing ideas out there. I, I, I can't really speak to your family or, or your friends' uh, schedules. Like I said, I'm sure you've got someone out there who will help you. But even if you don't have a close relative or friend that can help you, you will be able to find someone out there to, to assist and to take some of this pressure off if, you, if that's what you need. You know what I think, Ryan? I think what she'll find out once she sits down and actually starts scheduling all those things, she'll actually find that she has more time than she thought. Her schedule might still be pretty tight, but she'll have enough time to focus on those things that are essential to her. Now, Emily, uh, two things I'd love to give you. We have uh, So we talked about priorities here. We have a book called Essential, which is fitting right now. Um, it's a, a book. It's 150 essays about living an intentional life. And one of the chapters in there is about priorities. There's 12 different chapters on 12 different areas of living an intentional life. And then also, we're finally making it back to Ottawa. You know, Ryan, we haven't been in Ottawa since 2014, that, that long tour. What's Ottawa? <laughs> What's in Ottawa? We're going to be we're going to be back in Ottawa uh, this year. In fact, we're doing we're doing six cities in Canada. And so, Sean, if you could reach out to Emily, give her the book version of Essential, or if she wants the audiobook version, that's on on audiobook now. It's our longest book actually, and it's uh, it's over six hours on audiobook. Uh, read by the very talented uh, Justin Malik, who is just a great narrator. He did such an outstanding job with it. But I'd love to give her a couple tickets as well to that event. So maybe she can bring her husband, get him on board a little bit, not by trying to change him or proselytize to him, but just uh, showing him a different perspective on living more intentionally. We'll, uh, we'll see you at the Less Is Now tour, Emily. All right, our next question is from... We Ricky, yeah. Westchester, Ohio, represent. <laughs> Ricky, we uh, we used to actually. I lived in Westchester for a little bit. Ryan lived over in Mason, Ohio, uh, for a while, and we both managed retail stores in in that neck of the woods. You're right there in between Cincinnati and Dayton. What's your question, Ricky? I discussed with my mom and a friend of mine uh, the idea of minimalism, and they both gave me the same pitch. They gave me the "I don't want to get rid of my stuff" and the "just in case." Uh, pitch. And I wanted to know, how would you pitch minimalism to those people? So Ryan, how do you pitch minimalism to people? Yeah, Ricky, why are you pitching minimalism? <laughs> That's the worst way to get someone to uh, to take on this philosophy. Yeah, um, the, yeah. Fir- the first thing I wrote down, right? I wrote down two <laughs> words. He said, I wrote, well, I wrote his question down. How, how would you pitch minimalism? And I just wrote down, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm sure that's not what he. I'm sure he's not going to his friends and family and. No, I mean he might be, and I, yeah, I, maybe. I, I we, we get a lot of people who come to our events and stuff, and they're like, um, I've been trying to to convince my spouse or my family or my friends to get rid of their stuff. And do you remember my, the guy that brought his daughter in? Oh, I don't want to say what city because I don't want to like even come close to calling this guy out because he was a very nice guy, but he brought his daughter. Let's just say it was in Regina, Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> it was not there. Okay. But um, we have done a tour stop there. We right? absolutely have. Um, let's say it was in Reykjavik, Iceland, where we've never done a tour stop. <laughs> no, we haven't. 
No, but uh, he brought his daughter in and he was like, I need you guys to explain to my daughter why it was great that I threw away all her stuff. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do, man. <laughs> and, and, and so my response to those, those people when they're asking, like, how do I convince someone else to get rid of their stuff is, why do you want other people to get rid of their stuff? It's such a strange thing to me. Like, why do I, why would I want to, like, when I first embraced minimalism, Ryan, I didn't come to you and say, hey, man, Ryan, I, you know, I care about you. And because I care about you so much, I really wish you'd get rid of 80% of your stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, A, it's going to be such a turnoff. But B, it, you're not going to have any traction because they're not going to understand why. And so I instead of, instead of trying to tell people what the what is, what the what is, you know, get rid of your stuff, declutter your closet, whatever, show them the why. And for many people, it has to do with, with uh, how happy they are, right? Or how contented they are, or less anxious they are, or the things they're able to focus on now. And some, for some people, it's like, wow, I re really regained control of my finances, or I was less tied to a career I didn't love, so I was able to change professions, and now I do something that's more in line with the the path that I want to pursue, you know, and and then the other people who in our who are in our lives, as long as we're we're leading by example, then often they will they'll either come along immediately or they'll eventually come along. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can tell you that. Uh, so we had the in-laws in uh, over the last weekend because it was Ella's birthday, and so we of course we had a birthday party over the weekend and invited her friends over, and then parents were came over, and we had had all that stuff. But of course, uh, Bex, uh, my partner, her family was over there, so so her mom and dad were there, and quite often they'll they'll make funny little jokes about boy, sure it does echo in here. You don't own a whole lot of stuff, and. You know, we'll just sort of laugh it off because we know that like someone else's that 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 a statement like that says a lot more about the person like they own more stuff than me than it says about me because I'm contented with that. It's not like I am needing for something. It's not like I don't have enough stuff for me or for Ella or for Rebecca. Yeah, that would be a different predicament. You know, growing up, you and I, we we had too much clutter in one sense. Chaos really mm -hmm. is a type of 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 clutter. But we didn't have enough money. We didn't have uh, enough um, security, and we didn't we didn't have uh, enough in, in other areas. And so I can look myself in the mirror and say, "Yeah, we certainly have enough." And so whenever someone comes to judge me, and and Ricky, I know you don't mean to to be mean to these people. In fact, you, your intentions are great here. You want to help them. What you've done is you've experienced minimalism, and you're like, "I I am." I'm all the way in. How do I get other people all the way in? Well, you have to realize that these people are in a different place from where you are. Maybe you had an inciting incident like I did, you know, with, with my mother dying and my marriage ended that, that shifted my focus. Maybe you had something else that shifted your focus, and maybe they're not ready to hear that message yet. Or maybe they're ready to hear a different message about living more intentionally. They need to identify what the benefits are. And so the only way that I can pitch minimalism to someone else, you and I were doing a podcast interview yesterday, Ryan, with, uh, with some folks over at Live Nation. And um, the question I asked her was, how might your life be better with less? And instantly she started rattling off a bunch of things, things that I wouldn't have thought of personally. I mean, first thing she was talking about was, well, I think my closet would be a lot less cluttered. Okay, mm -hmm. that's great. That wasn't the first thing I thought of. Or maybe it'd take less time for me to clean my house. Or you know what? Maybe I'd have less debt if I owned less. These are all the benefits that people 
want to uh, want to uncover for themselves. And last but not least, Ricky, I will tell you that people mirror. So the best way to to preach minimalism, to pitch minimalism, is to show, not to tell. Over the weekend, we after the birthday party, um, we actually we, we went. It was no, it was a different day. It was the day after the birthday party with Ella. She she just turned four this uh, this weekend. I know what you did. You took all the presents that they got her, <laughs> and instead of telling them that you don't want the presents, you showed them you didn't want them by throwing them in the trash well, while you, they were looking at you. And then I set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bex and I did the normal minimalist chant that we do. Uh, we want less. We want less. We want less. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Sorry to mean to derail no, we, you. You were saying. So here's the funny thing about that. So I'll, I will get derailed for a second. But, you know, we do a great job of setting expectations, Bex mm-hmm. and I, right? Uh, on the invitations, we put no gifts, please. In fact, I asked Ella what she wanted for her fourth birthday. And you know what she told me? A pineapple. No, I I got her a pineapple for her third birthday. (laughs) I figure she's grown out of pineapples by now. Uh, No, I I asked her, so what do you want? This is about, you know, two two weeks before her birthday. I said, what do you really want for your birthday? And uh, I didn't know what she would say. I was just interested to hear what she had to say. the, The reason that I like Ella so much is she's my little experiment in minimalism for kids and so I I said what do you want for your birthday and you know she said she said Henry and chocolate now Henry is her best friend he was born a day before her so we had to go to his birthday party last weekend as well but um so she the only thing she wanted for her birthday really like the things that stood out most weren't all the trinkets and gifts and all these other things that that we think the kids are going to get value from here I'll buy you this large expensive toy no she wanted Henry and a chocolate cupcake. That's interesting, man. Well, it's interesting she didn't ask for any toys, but then I'm thinking to myself, you guys don't have cable television. No. So if you watch TV, it's, you know, I, I, don't, I don't even think you guys, do you have a TV? No, and so... so you but, just use your laptop or whatever it may yeah, be, but well, my point is, is like, that's actually a really good signifier on the uh, the entertainment that you, will, that you and Bex allow Ella to take in. She watches a lot of Peppa Pig. And and so Peppa Pig is this, in fact, I've noticed, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast before, but I noticed that she will sometimes speak with a British accent now. (laughs) Uh, When I say a lot of Peppa Pig, maybe an hour or so a week. um, And that's a lot for us because we don't, we we don't want But still, she's not sitting in front of the glowing box watching commercial after commercial that is indoctrinating her saying, you need to have this crazy toy to be happy. Look at how happy these kids are. You'll be this happy if you have this toy. Well, you know, in YouTube inserts ads into these things too Mm. right and so here's a a little a a pro tip for anyone who has kids what what i've learned so so the kids don't understand ads because it's just an interruption she'll be mid peppa pig and they have a mid-roll ad that just pops up for your whatever toy or thing and the first thing she says is "Uh uh-oh 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 like she starts panicking because like and all of a sudden, her the thing she was in the middle of, she was engrossed in, is interrupted. Is interrupted. Hmm. And we try to watch these short episodes. She watches one. She knows she watches one, and she's done. But um, I pay more now for YouTube has this version called YouTube Red. Oh, I saw you, you're, this. You're familiar it's ad free. Okay. Yeah, and so this is not an advertisement for an ad free platform, but um, <laughs> I I've found value in that because I pay. It's like ten bucks a month, so it's not cheap, but it removes all the ads from YouTube. But think of all the pain it causes with the ads. Like not only is Ella's program getting interrupted, 
But then the next time you ask her, what do you want? Yeah, she might have this thing embedded in her brain that yeah, micro machines. Right. Is that still a thing? <laughs> yes, back in 1985. Uh, anyway, um, my whole point to to Ricky is people people mirror what you do, and so the best way to to pitch minimalism is to show minimalism. Yeah. Ryan, when you came to me, you said, "Why the hell are you so happy?" Mm-hmm. It's because I was. That's the only way I had to pitch minimalism was to show that my demeanor had changed. I was less stressed. I was calmer. And, and it was affecting all the other areas of my life. My relationships were incrementally improving each day and each week. And I've noticed this is especially pronounced in our kids, right? And so yeah. uh, the story I was getting to is right after we, we had dinner, uh, we were getting Ella into the car. She has a little booster seat in the back seat. And I, I was putting her in there. And it was a bit warm. I was nice and sunny outside. I was putting her in there. And she, all of a sudden, she just looks at me. And she goes, Jesus, it's hot in here. And she Wonder said... where she got that from. Yeah, she said it with the... Ex- Peppa Pig, what a bad example. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I can't do a British accent, but I can only imagine how Peppa would say... <laughs> Actually, so, so the thing that's most pronounced with Ella with the Peppa Pig thing is when she... Uh, she says box of chocolates. <laughs> she says chocolate just like that, especially when it's box of chocolate. And and so yeah, that's how you know we need to stop watching Pe- Peppa Pig for a while. But anyway, she yeah she said actually she said Jesus, it's warm in here. But she said it with the same exact cadence that her mom would use. I mean, Jesus was was italicized verbally, you know, and and there was no comma in the sentence. It was just exactly how her mom would say it she was marrying her mom she was marrying her mom and guess what we are just big kids we do the same thing as adults we mirror and so if we see something outstanding we see someone changing their behavior we tend to mirror that we surround ourselves with people with bad habits we're going to mirror that as well yeah ricky i would i would just encourage you to yeah a live by example b look for moments where maybe your relatives are asking for your help Um, like when I went to Josh and asked him, Hey, what's going on with you? Why the hell are you so happy? That was an open door for him to be like, well, let me tell you about what I've been doing. Or, you know, maybe your, your parents, uh, or your family comes to you and like, Oh wow. Like I've noticed that, uh, you haven't had to work as much and you're, you must have less debt. Oh yeah. Let me tell you how I did that. But, you know, going to your relatives and and trying to tell them about the just in case rule, that's not, it's not going to help because that's going to put them on the defense. Now, uh, he asked a question, which I'm sure a lot, and I hear this all the time. I can never be a minimalist because X. And at right. the end of the day, uh, when people say that, I usually will just respond with them and say, well, not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of lightens it and it makes it a joke a little bit. But, yeah, yeah I mean, it has to be someone who can take a joke. Yeah. But, but you know, it's this, I guess it still does open a door. Um, like, Ricky, I guess with the with the very specific thing you said of uh, I can never be a minimalist because I don't want to get rid of my stuff. Um, I would just say you know minimalism is not about just getting rid of your stuff. In yeah. fact, uh, it's about hanging on to the things in your life that are most important. I remember Josh and I we were doing a a periscope. Is that still a thing? I I think so. Yeah, and uh, it's a so, lot. We'll just call it a live stream. Yeah, and someone they commented, "Hey, you guys." You guys, uh, you guys are kind of silly. Um, you're minimalists, but you haven't really gotten rid of anything important. And Josh was like, yeah, you're right. I haven't gotten rid of anything important. I've got rid of all the unimportant things in my life. Yeah. 
So, I mean, there are certainly uh, doors open with even comments like that, um, but certainly... You know, Josh and I don't have the magic pitch for you, Ricky. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, uh, and it's a, like you said, just to echo that point and maybe just put a bow on it really quickly. It isn't about getting rid of everything. That's not minimalism. That that is deprivation. And and so when someone says I could never be a minimalist because I don't want to get rid of all my stuff, you could just simply say, Well, I didn't get rid of all my stuff either. I kept everything that was important to me and I got all the excess stuff out of the way. And sometimes that will open the door for conversation. Other times it won't. But I don't think we need to spin our wheels trying to convince other people to get rid of their stuff. There are many people who will follow, who will see the benefits uh, once you express the benefits, once you show them the benefits through through your own actions. Uh, two things for you, Ricky. Uh, one is Ryan and I, we wrote about, well, we wrote about the, the whole well, the whole journey of of going from these suit and tie corporate guys to becoming minimalists. It was like a five-year period of time in a book called Everything That Remains. It's my favorite thing that we've ever written. It's available as a book book. So, Sean, if you could send him either the book version, the ebook version, or it's now on audiobook on Audible as well. If you could send him one of those. Uh, I would definitely appreciate that. I, I met a couple this weekend, and I was we were we were out during Henry's birthday party, and uh, we were at this like strangely we took four year olds to a brewery for a birthday party. That's it's only a, in Missoula, Montana. That, does that happen? It's such a Missoula thing. They have. I can't ki- believe four year olds can drink in this state. <laughs> Yeah, man, as long as they, they, they card him right there at the door. I said, he just turned four today. It's fine. <laughs> no, but uh, it, they have like these kid-friendly, I mean, brewery is the wrong word, right? Because it's, yes, they serve alcohol there. But anyway, it was, and I don't drink, so it didn't really matter, but it was this kid's birthday party. But anyway, I met, I met this couple who was from St. Louis, and they had both met while reading. They were both in a coffee shop. They were both at the same time reading everything that remains. And they bonded over the fact that like, oh, like I've had some tragedies, tragedies happen in my life recently. And, and the gal was like, I've had some tragedies happen recently too. And it helped them find some common ground. And so hopefully that book will help you find some common ground, not, not just with me and Ryan and the paths we took, but it'll, it'll help you find common ground with other people as well, because it's not about living exactly like other people. It's about finding some common ground, some things that we can agree, agree on. Usually those things are our values. Even if you have different preferences from some people, if you have different beliefs from some people, that's okay. Also, we are going to be, uh, actually this month, Ryan, we're going to be back in Cincinnati. So Ricky, I'd love to give you a ticket or two. Uh, I'll tell you, it's the, so you and I were just in Minneapolis not long ago, a week yes. or so ago. And uh, Rebecca, her, her whole family is from St. Paul area. And they came out to our event and it was like, they clearly knew we were the minimalists and they had even read some stuff that we'd done and seen our documentary and all this other stuff. And, and of course, Bex is one of our best cheerleaders for sure. She, she is down for the calls, but her family never like completely got it right. They didn't connect all the dots. And then they saw, you know, the whole family came out and saw us live and they saw us give a talk and record the live podcast. We also had Patrick Roan there at the, the Minneapolis event and, they were like, oh, I finally get it. Like, I now I understand this whole minimalism thing. And that's really what we hope to do with some of these live events is if these different 
if these different vehicles haven't resonated with everyone in your life before, whether it's a documentary or one of our books, sometimes it takes that live event. It's sort of this immersion experience. In fact, we, we often see that half of the people in the crowd are people who were dragged there by a friend or, or a family member, right? And, and they're they're going into it willingly, obviously. They're not literally dragged there. But throughout the event, you start to see these expressions change. It's almost as if these light bulbs are going off over their head. And so hopefully, Ricky, you can maybe bring someone with you who's a bit skeptical, and, but still has an open mind. You don't want to bring a closed-minded person to something like this, but someone who is skeptical, and we can walk you through sort of our journeys, and we'll record a live podcast. We answer people's questions as well. And I can really tell you that that's the first time that they got it. And all of a sudden, like her whole family was in the front row. There was like eight or nine of them. She's a big family. And one by one, the light bulbs were turning on above their heads. And it was, it was just really encouraging to see that because, yes, someone might read a book. Someone might see a TEDx talk or whatever. But sometimes it takes that live immersion experience. So hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get to see you, Ricky. We'll give you a hug so you can transfer that on to someone else as well. I think the biggest takeaway from this whole thing is that if you buy everything that remains and you're single, you will find your soulmate. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> not guaranteed <laughs> i mean ryan you and i have both read everything that remains and we have we have soulmates now. how amazing is that coincidence <laughs> yep find your soulmate not guaranteed <laughs> see store for details all right our next question is from giovanni in minneapolis i was wondering what's the best way to approach an intentional lifestyle including minimizing items without offending my family my mom and I are like best friends, but the minute I decide to like make a donation bag or get rid of items that aren't adding value to my life, my mom seems to think that I'm almost losing value for money. I know it's because everything my parents have bought for me has always been high quality and items that have truly made me happy. But as I grow and change, those things that added value to my life previously don't really add value anymore. What is a more beneficial way to sit my mom down and find a happy balance between mm, allowing myself to be independent and make my own decisions and not making my mom feel like I'm exhausting endless amounts of money? I, I want her to know that I love her and respect her, and I'm so incredibly grateful for all that her and my father have been able to provide for me because I get it. I grew up incredibly privileged. But for me, things and sheer quantity of those things doesn't really make me happy anymore. Ryan, you know what I would like to see here? I would love to see Giovanni, if she could sit down with her mom and just play this podcast back. Not, not the part where you and I ramble on and give her an answer, because hopefully we'll be able to articulate an answer. But Giovanni, just play your question back to her. Yeah, it's a great question. You articulated that so well. Instead of asking the minimalists, ask your mom this question. How can I show you that I still love you, that I still appreciate all the things that you gave me, but unfortunately, some of those things don't continue to add value to my life. How can I show you that I still appreciate those things? It's such a high quality question. I found that in my life, when we start asking higher quality questions, we get higher quality answers. You, you want better answers, ask better questions, and you're asking great questions here. And I, I generally don't say that. You're not going to hear someone answer, ask me a question and say, that's a great question. But he, here's the thing. You are actually asking some great questions here. I mean, I can give you some, some advice besides play your voicemail back, 
But I think that's going to help you more than anything because what you're talking about here is how do I communicate effectively with my mother? And, and one of the best ways to communicate is listen to her. So listen to some of her concerns. How do you, the only way you're going to understand how she feels and why she gets offended, or maybe she doesn't actually get offended and you're projecting that offense onto her. Because here's the thing, being offended actually says more about the person who is offended than it does about the, the person than the person who's <laughs> committing the offense, yeah. And, and, and so, I, and it doesn't mean that you're not offending her. And by the way, you don't get to determine whether or not your mother is offended. You can do your best to align your actions with your values, but let me ask you this, what are your values? And, and are your actions aligned with those values? And are you sure they are? And if so, then you can feel really good about the decisions and, and, and your behaviors. And you can feel good about letting go of the stuff because it's true. The things that are added value to your life today, the things that you, your mom got you and she got them for you because she wanted you to be happy and she wanted you to feel good. And maybe they did make you feel good in the moment. Maybe they did serve a purpose in the moment. But Ella, Ella just turned four, and she we, we got her a new bike for her birthday. We usually don't get physical gifts for birthday, but it was an expensive bike, and uh, so we had some other people chip in on it. Um, I went over to Ryan's while I was sleeping and, and got two hundred bucks out of his wallet. I'm so happy I could contribute. <laughs> no, it was it was a, an expensive bike. Bike it was like four hundred dollars, but Ella's really really thin. She weighs less than forty pounds. And she's, she's four years old. She's super tall, super thin. And this bike, I wish I had the name of it. We'll, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. She's tried to ride other bikes before, like with training wheels and all this other stuff. And, and this bike is the first bike she got on within half an hour and was riding the bike, no training wheels, no assistance, just riding down the street. I haven't seen her in four days. Dude, do they make an adult version of that for you? <laughs> I know, right? Well, Ryan, I didn't learn to ride a bike until I was 37. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I'm 35 right now, by the way. Uh, Ella, I, I, I shit you not, Ryan. Ella amazing, already man. rides a bike better than I do. Wow. In, in one day, um, she she rides a bike better better than I do. Better than I do. But um, we got her a. Where was I going with this? Um, we we got her a bike on her birthday. And man, I totally lost my train of thought. It I was, derailed you. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it was worth it for the joke, I yeah. think. <laughs> no, and, you know, I, I mean, while you're trying to rethink that, Josh, um, Giovanni, what I would say, uh, and because I've recommended this to other uh, like mentoring clients that I've had who've, who have had this same exact situation. And what I've recommended is when you are getting rid of something that someone else has got you and you feel really sure that they're going to be offended by you getting rid of it. There is no harm in going to that person and saying, hey, thank you for this gift that you gave me a year or five years ago, whatever it may be. It's really added a lot of value over that time. But now it's not really doing its job anymore. And I was going to try and find someone else who could get more value from it. Uh, would, you, would you get value from this item? Would you like me to give this back to you? Um, I know that maybe it was worth a lot of money. Um, would you like to try and sell it on Craigslist? Um, I just didn't want to offend you by just getting rid of this without going to you first and asking. And that approach has worked a lot. And you know what? Sometimes, uh, you know, the people will they'll, they'll laugh and they'll be like, no, that was, that was your thing that I gave you. It's yours to decide what to do with, which, right. Giovanni, that's what I would tell you. I mean, if someone gives you a gift. Yeah, what if, if, you, if, you, if you got her a gift, for example? Yeah, if I got you a gift, Giovanni, first off, it would be to make you happy. It would be to add value to your life. If that gift 
was not making you happy, if it was not adding value, if it was doing the obverse, if it was actually giving you anxiety holding on to it, well, how selfish of it would, would it be for me to ask you to hold on to that item just because I gave it to you? If it was me personally, Giovanni, I would be happier if you got rid of the gift I got you, if that's what truly made you happy. And the people who love you, especially your best friend, they absolutely want you to be happy. They absolutely love you. So I'm sure that they would be willing to support you in some way. But, you know, if that best friend is uh, going to be angry about the monetary value behind it, um, then you might want to go to them and ask them if they want to try and get the money back out of it. Uh, but, but hanging on to it just to make that other person happy is actually doing that person a disservice. Yeah, and I think sometimes those are difficult conversations. Of course. But so I find the way that, that is best to, to handle those difficult conversations is try to set expectations way in advance. Mm. That doesn't always work. So again, back to Ella's birthday this weekend. We, we had the birthday party. We put no gifts on the invitation. But of course, some people showed up with gifts, right? Because that's the obligation. People feel obligated to give a gift or maybe they just weren't paying attention. They didn't see it, whatever. And um, we had to have some conversations with some folks this weekend. Like we don't need that particular good or service you got for Ella. So I don't call anyone out on the, <laughs> on the podcast here. But did you actually, you had that conversation after they gifted it? Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Now, now here's the thing. It was, it's actually an easier conversation before they gift it. In fact, of course. Now I'm not talking. I'm not talking about the day before they gift it, where they've already had their mind made up. When they've already bought the thing. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> we need to start talking about Ella's fifth birthday right now. Like, yeah. hey, let's start planning on this. Like, we're not going to need anything. But you know what she really does? She really loves chocolate and Henry, apparently. And so, like, or if it is something we need, like a bike, like we're going to spend 400 bucks on a bike because she's actually going to be able to ride it and she's going to be able to use this bike for several years to come. But that was my initial point that I lost track on getting back to here. That bike, now that she's four years old, eventually she's going to grow out of it. She gets immense value from it right now. It's it's her favorite physical item right now. No doubt about it. We were just on it last night while her mom was cooking dinner. We were like running up and down the street. It was raining and she's riding the bike through the rain. I mean, this girl is riding the bike like she's been riding it for years and it's been you know less than a week. And, and so there will be, come a time though where that particular bike, for whatever reason, she outgrows it, literally outgrows it. It's not going to add value anymore, or it's going to add less value over time. And eventually, it'll come to a point where she's outgrown it, and it won't add any more value at all. How silly would it be for us to just, well, we'll stick it in the garage and hold on to that because Ella really used to like it. No, and no, That no, bike no. costs a lot of money. Yeah, right, right. And it did, right? It yeah. costs a lot of money. And it may even still be worth some money that I can get out of it. Or by then, it may be so used and worn down that it's worth virtually nothing. And, and either way, it's a sunk cost, right? Maybe I can make some money back on the back end, but it's silly for me to keep holding on to that thing because she's outgrown it. Now we, as adults, we outgrow things all the time, figuratively, most of the time. And so many of the things that you're talking about here, Giovanni, that they are things that you've outgrown for whatever reason. Maybe you liked them at one point, maybe you loved them at one point, but you've outgrown it. And so it's okay to let go. And I, th I think the last thing I'll, I'll, I'll tell you here 
is you don't want to preach any of this, right? And so it's not about like, well, I'm getting rid of everything because I'm better than other people. That's obviously not true. And I know that's not what you're trying to do, but it can often come off that way. It can come off as smug or as elitist. And that's why Ryan and I try really hard to not go around and and tell people, here's what you need to do. We show people what we're going to do. And so with your mom, instead of telling her what you're doing and why you're doing it, I mean, part of that is important to have those difficult conversations. It's much more important, as we said with the last caller, it's much more important to to show. So show your mom how your life is better. And, and also show her how your life is not a judgment or a referendum on her life or any of your other friends' lives. It's not, you're not trying to say, everyone else needs to do this. Say, I'm doing this for me. And don't just say it, show them that you're doing it. Because if you are truly happier, you're less anxious, you're living a freer life, then it's going to be easier to show that than it is to simply tell them those things. Man, I have gotten rid of like tens of thousands of dollars worth of stuff. Some I sold, uh, some I donated. It's awesome. all those diamond encrusted chains you used to have. That's right. All those Figaro's. <laughs> what do they call the thing that goes on the Figaro? Uh, a Jesus piece? <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, some of it I recycled. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, if I would have held on to all that stuff, I wouldn't have tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> I would just have tens of thousands of dollars worth of stuff in a right. storage unit. Right. Or I'd need a bigger place and then I I would just I would actually be losing money hanging on to that stuff. Yeah, we, we don't think about those extra costs, man. Like the 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 $10,000 worth of stuff, that's the price tag, right? But yeah. that's not the value of the thing. Right. The price of the thing is not the value of the thing. Ooh, if this was a lightning round, that's what I would tell you to tweet right now. Boom. Maybe we could still put put that in as a a minimal maximum, Sean, for the lightning round. All right, before we move on, Giovanni, we talked a little bit about values on your question. I'd love to send you a copy of our book called Minimalism, Live a Meaningful Life. It's our shortest book. So we'll either send you the book, the ebook, or it's now on Audible as a two and a half hour audiobook. Ryan and I uncovered the five higher order values, what I would call the foundational values in our lives and wrote about those in that book. Once we got the excess stuff out of the way, we really started focusing on these foundational values and built a more meaningful life on those values. So we'll send you a copy of that book. I hope you find value in it. Ryan, we should probably send her a time machine and a couple tickets to the Minneapolis event as well. Perfect. Stole the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) All right, y'all. Well, we'd love to hear what you have to say. So if you have a comment or a tip about family, including any advice for any of our callers today, then leave us a voicemail at 406-219-7839. You can also email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. We will air our favorite comments and tips on a future episode. All right, all right. Let's move on to our hashtag Ask the Minimalists lightning round where we answer questions from social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at The Minimalists during our lightning round. This is where Ryan and I do our best to answer each question with just a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. We also put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you'd like. (laughs) What did Patrick Rohn say in Minneapolis? He was like, I listen to your podcasts and your lightning rounds. They're not very pithy answers. (laughs) (laughs) We we try to get there, right? Right. Well, I was thinking if we actually did this where it was question, pithy answer, you, you know, your pithy answer, my pithy answer, next question, you know, rinse, repeat. 
that would actually be kind of be boring i think yeah we i think we tried that once the first time we we did the lightning round thing where it was just the the the, the tweetable answers we got to expound a little bit yeah i think you do and what's nice is you you expound and then you wrap it up into this tidy little package that is tweetable or facebookable or what are the other platforms right instagrammable <laughs> yeah I, guess. I don't know about you kids and your social medias. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to these questions. What we got? I don't Ryan? know if you know, but I deleted my Facebook. <laughs> I guess you could say I just prefer talking to, to my friends and family in person. <laughs> hey, Sean, how do you know if someone deleted their <laughs> Facebook account? Don't worry. They'll tell you. All right. Our first question is from initials PV. How do you present your minimalism to your extended family? Well, my, my short answer to this one is... Actions speak louder than pontification. And you know, I, I don't... I, <laughs> now let me pontificate for a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in fact, I was going to say, I don't think I need to expand on that one that much because th- that's really what we've talked about here, what, showing instead of telling, right? And so we can pontificate till we are blue in the face. But think about pontification like this. You th- we were in Grand Rapids recently, which, by the way, is one of the most underrated cities in all of the United States. I, it keeps getting better. Every time we visit it, it seems it, like it's getting better and better. It's so good. We'll, we'll more food p- options, more coffee options. We, we rode the bus a few times already. They have this free bus that goes from the downtown to the west side. And, and man, it's, just, it's, it's a really great town. Anyway... We were there and we went to this coffee shop. Actually, no, it was a grocery store. And on the corner, it was caddy corner from the the grocery store. There was one of those guys with the like literally standing on a soapbox with a make like an old megaphone, just yelling at people as they drove by about about the, they're all going to hell about the end times. I wonder what his conversion rate is. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's zero. <laughs> And, and I think that's, that's the important thing to remember when, when we feel like we're preachy or we're pontificating, just think about that guy with the megaphone who's, who's sort of schizophrenically yelling at traffic with, with the megaphone and, and just be really careful, right? Rather, I'd rather show people, uh, the life that I'm living through my actions. So yeah, actions speak louder than pontification. I've got two pithy answers. First off, I'm going to say the same thing that we were telling Ricky in his question stop pitching minimalism. Mm, All right. My next one is, is uh, no matter how one lives a meaningful life, showing always works better than telling. So this is a little, uh, very similar to what you were saying, Josh, but I could not agree more. Like there is no, there is no way to, when someone comes to me and they're like, hi, uh, I meet them for the first time. Hi, uh, my name is, you know, so-and-so what's your name? I don't say my name is Ryan. I'm one of the minimalists. (laughs) Or especially when they ask me that question, what do you do? Ooh. I don't say, I'm a minimalist. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell them, like, I snowboard. I'll be like, I live in Montana. What the heck is there not to do? I snowboard. I, I like to float down the river. I like to longboard. I like to mountain bike. What do you What do you really love doing? Yeah. Um, and, and people will flat out sometimes be like, no, no, like, how do you make money? And I'll just start with, I don't even start with the minimalist thing. I'll just say, oh, you know what? I came up with a documentary last year. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I've also written a few books and the documentary was kind of based off of that. And that'll open the door. Like if they want to, sometimes people will just take that 
Because like they've got their answer. Yeah. They know how to compare themselves to me on the socioeconomic ladder. They've satisfied their criteria. They've satisfied, yes, exactly. But then uh, sometimes, and most times, people will say, oh, well, what's that documentary about? Oh, well, it's called Minimalism, a documentary about the important things. I, oh, I, really? Oh, I've heard of that. Or I think I've heard of minimalism. And then and then I, will, I might you know, dive into it a little bit deeper. But I can tell you right now, there are people who, like, I would just give them very um, short answers because I don't want to be preachy. Yeah. And I will just, yeah, minimalism, a documentary about the important things. And sometimes it stops there. Well, it asked me what's it about, and I will say it's about 79 minutes. That's genius. I'm going to start <laughs> using that. You're welcome to borrow that. I do the same thing with our books. What's your book about? About 200 pages. That's awesome. All right. Our next question is from David. David wants to know, Josh, what's the best changes to make if you've got a child on the way? Well, I had to think a lot about this because I... I didn't expect to become a, a parent. And so I didn't necessarily have a child on the way because when I met Bex, Ella was one. And I, I dove in head first and uh, treat Ella as, as if she is my own child. But I can tell you the thing that I've learned most, and so this is my short answer, it's this. Lower your expectations, raise your standards. Love that, man. I, I, that sentence or that statement makes me think of our approach with the documentary, how we had no expectation. Like when we went on tour in 2014, we didn't have the expectation of, oh, we're going to hit this many film festivals. We're going to have it on Netflix. It's going to be, you know, the number one independent documentary uh, for opening weekend in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> What year are we in? Where's that time machine? No, but uh, but yeah, it's like we started with very high standards. Right. Uh, we knew that Matt Diavella had high standards himself. So we were totally willing to let him come on the road, film a bunch of stuff. Uh, we, we got, you know, the first cut of the, of the documentary back before the music was even scored for it. Mm-hmm. And we just continued to raise our standards from there. Yeah. And Matt did the same exact thing. Spire Media, they did the same exact thing. Without without having expectations. Right. If those would have been our expectations, it, all it takes is one bad expectation to all of a sudden spiral into failure. Well, yeah, dude, if we had if we had a expe- an expectation of we're going to make, you know, 10 million dollars off of this documentary. We'll be disappointed forever because it's never going to Right, cuz we never would have met that one expectation and all the other good things out of it. We would be like, "Yeah, that's good, but we didn't hit that one goal that we laid out for ourselves. Right. And and so that's the other thing to keep in mind. When I say expectations, that, that really does have to do with the goals. And that's why I try to live a, a goal-free life. But I still have high standards. And that has a lot more to do with, with my habits and the quality of work. And also being able to enjoy the work that you're doing. And for me, I don't have, I don't have a high threshold. Uh, actually, yeah, I, I don't have the, the capacity for having fun like a lot of people. I'm a planner. And so I'm constantly planning Josh for the Josh is allergic thing. to fun. I, I am. I take medication for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm constantly planning for the future and it's harder for me to be in the moment. And so I find that uh, whenever I get outside of the moment, I have to be, I have to be grateful for just, just, uh, there's a song I was listening to this week. It's an old song from the nineties. Um, and anyway, one of the lyrics, hip hop artist. No, no, no. It's like, Man, I know uh, you love that old '90s hip hop. I want to say Casey Kahuna is the name of this. Like, it's like uh, an atmospheric sort of band. I was listening to Pandora. Bex and I listen to it in the mornings when we have coffee. But 
Um, I still the, use Pandora. Yeah, yeah, I I totally use Pandora because the, it. I have a cigarose channel. It's the only thing I listen to, and like, <laughs> it's like calming, beautiful morning music for me. Anyway, I I listen to that, and there's this, uh, there's this line in there. It says, uh, "Don't think about all the things you feel. Just be glad to be here." And man, that that lyric is so profound to me. Like, just be glad to be here, and mm-hmm. and I. I don't do an outstanding job with that. Not yet. But I, every time that I know that I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed in the moment, especially when we're out on tour, Ryan, like it's, uh, it's such a great privilege to be there in front of you know, a thousand people some nights or 500 people, whatever it may be. And I need to step back and just say that line to me. Like, don't, like, don't think about all the things you feel. Like, don't overthink about all the stresses, like all the things that might go wrong, all your expectations. Mm-hmm. Just be glad to be here. And, you know, we get out there, we give our best. That's the high standards thing. And then afterwards, we have this great opportunity. I mean, I, th- there will be times where it's like, oh, it's late, man. We just finished the event and it's 1030 at night. And now we have to go hug 400 people after this. And then I'm like, what a privilege is that, right? And if, all I have to do is reframe it a little bit and realize that, man, this is this is the best place to be. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Uh, my pithy answer would be when one lives an authentic life, they needn't change a thing. And what I mean by that is, David, what what kind of parent do you want to be? Are you being that person now? Because I know that it's too often that people have really... I, I used to be guilty of this. It wasn't... Uh, it, it's a little bit different because... You know, I didn't tell myself when I had kids, I would make these major changes, which a lot of people do, like whether it's drinking a lot, going out a lot, uh, sleeping around, whatever it may be, they, they are, they, they tell themselves, oh, when I have kids, I'll change. I used to tell myself, oh, well, when I'm 30, I'll change. And you know what? That's such a, a bad marker. Uh, I would just encourage you to, to ask yourself, look in the mirror, like what kind of parent do you want to be? What kind of parent uh, does, uh, does your partner want to be? What a weird expectation too, right? Because when I'm 30, I'll change. What about that arbitrary number, right? Yeah. That it's, what about that is going to make me and change? You know what? It it, it wasn't. It, it never worked. I remember when I my when I graduated high school. Oh well, when I'm 25, I'll change. Mm. When I'm 26, I'll change. When I get that next promotion, I'll change. And right. it, and it's it's uh, you got to change now. Yes. So um, live an authentic authentic life, David, and you won't have to change a thing. Our last question is from Larry. I've been the poster boy for consumption. I thought I saw him on a poster somewhere. (laughs) It's when he was a boy. Now I embrace minimalism. But my family now thinks I'm a hypocrite when I get upset with clutter. Help! Mm. Man. What do you say, Josh? I've got nothing for you, Larry. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, so I, uh, I am not a religious person personally. In fact, Ryan and I have different religious beliefs, but I do think I try to find wisdom from, from, uh, different books. And one of those books actually, so, so Rob Bell has, has a book, uh, actually he's going to be at our LA event, uh, this month. And, uh, he just came out with a new book that I'm in the middle of right now. It's called, what is the Bible? And he does such an amazing job sort of breaking down the Bible in a way that you would have never... He, he breaks down the Bible as a progressive book, hmm. even though it seems so antiquated to, to a lot of people now. Who, well, it was definitely like progressive at the time. Right, but he shows you why, like specifically what about, what about it was progressive and even the things... 
you know, the things that are progressive today won't be progressive a thousand years from now, obviously, right. or two thousand years from now. And and so and I don't mean progressive in the political sense. I mean I mean enabling progress, right? And and so um, I have a quote from from the Bible, uh, although I reworked it a bit. Is this from Matthew or Luke? I don't know. I think it's Matthew. Yeah, it's. Uh, why do you look at the clutter in your brother's room but fail to notice the clutter in your own? Yeah. So, so I mean, I think that's the thing that that I was I was saying earlier with with Ricky's question, Ryan is, you know, why do you want other people to get rid of their stuff? And when Larry says, "But now my family thinks I'm a hypocrite when I get upset with clutter," and that that's them judging you. I'm not saying you're a hypocrite, right? But but maybe don't get upset with their clutter, right? Just just look at the uh, the speck in your own eye instead of the plank in theirs, which is the uh, the believe it or not, this isn't the original passage. Uh, but yeah, don't don't look at the don't look at their clutter. Be more concerned with your own. Yeah, I mean, I just had a thought come come into my my brain. No, uh, I, I was just thinking like, what if like what if um like I got I have friends who are like really in shape like six pack you know like ripped in shape I am not that type of uh, uh healthy I guess like I, I feel healthy I feel good but I don't have like the vanity muscles but could you I couldn't imagine could you imagine Josh if you had friends like that and they were always looking at you and going you why you got some love handles Man, what's wrong with you? Uh, you could have a six pack if you just, you know, uh, minimize your diet. I mean, if someone was constantly writing you about how you looked, I mean, th- this right. is a, um, you know, obviously a much different situation than. It's what not that different. Larry you're talking, talking about, about aesthetics. Here, you're not talking like if. Well, I'm, yeah. If you were 400 pounds, mm-hmm. uh, you and I would have an intervention. And if sure. I was 400 pounds, then I would expect because you're you're my best friend. You care about me. And if I was overweight, if I was fat, to uh, the point of like heart disease, diabetes. Yeah, or just or even to the point where it doesn't allow me to live an optimal life. High blood Yeah, absolutely. Y- you care about me enough that you would at least talk to me. Now you're not going to be like, "Hey man, look at those love handles." And it's the same thing here. It's like, "Hey, look at your clutter." Yeah, it's like you gross. would never you would never fat shame anyone. I would never fat shame anyone. I certainly wouldn't hang out with anyone who fat shame people. Right. And the same thing goes for clutter shaming. Yes. There is no reason to clutter shame anyone. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this though. Sometimes putting sh- being ashamed yourself can be helpful. I'm not saying to shame someone else, but but I can tell you that there was a time when I weighed 80 pounds more than I weigh now, and part of the reason that I lost the weight wasn't just that I was unhealthy, but I was a bit ashamed that I didn't not of the fat, but like that I just didn't have control. I I was overeating and I was ashamed of my lack of control. And so I think, yeah, if you're going to instill shame in anyone, it's in our, in yourself for the things that you want to change. Uh, uh, a healthy amount of shame can, can go a long way. Yeah. I guess my short answer would be this, Larry. Judging others never helps. Accepting and appreciating others, warts and all, is the best way to help others move forward. Mm. So what that really means is if you want the people around you to have less clutter, then support them as much as you can. Like as long as they're not harming you. I mean, if they come into your room and they're like, hey, we're going to need your room to store all this stuff, you know, that that might be uh, crossing the line. Except if it's their house and they own the house and you're living in it, I mean, it is kind of, you know, it's, it's their uh, decision on what to do with that room. Um, you can certainly speak up, but ultimately what I'm getting at is, is that you, you really, really need to stop judging 
and you know, go with what Josh said. Instead of worrying about all the things that are bothering you right there in that moment with that clutter, just appreciate being here. Appreciate having the life that you have and the journey you've taken. That is where you're going to find the most enjoyment. That's where you're going to find the most fulfillment. Yeah, man. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to our added value portion of the show. This is where we each recommend something, or in my case, things. Uh, some things. You've always got things. <laughs> some things. <laughs> you uh, heard of the board game things? No, I don't. Oh, maybe that'll be one of my recommendations. Well, uh, anyway, we, we're going to recommend some things that have added value to our lives recently. Uh, this is sort of an audible, but Ella's bike. I mean, that is, I've never seen a kid. I mean, this is not a, a, I didn't, it wasn't a commercial that I saw for this bike, but we were looking for a bike for Ella because I knew she was, yeah, she's really thin and she can't lift a really heavy bike, right? You get her a, a bike that's 30 or 40 pounds, it's going to be really hard for her to ride that thing and to stay balanced. And that's why kids often need training wheels. She circumvented the whole training wheel process altogether. She's never had to have training wheels at all because of this bike we got her. And so I saw this video of this kid who was similar in build to Ella. He's probably a little bit uh, bigger than her. And he was trying to learn how to ride a bike. And this was like just a pa- some parents who... Like who, a testimonial video. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it was just that these parents who were like cheering their kid on to ride this bike. And then he couldn't ride the bike they got him. Like they kept trying and he just, it was too heavy for him. And so he was having trouble and then trouble with the training wheels. And then all of a sudden they got him this other bike, this light bike that, that we got for Ella. And I'll, we'll just, I'll send a link to Sean and you can put it in, in the show notes, Sean. I, I don't remember the name of the bike off the top of my head. It's not like a... It's not Huffy or something where I remember the brand right away. It's a it's a specific bike. In fact, it doesn't even have a chain. the The chain is to keep it lighter is like this, uh, like a rubber belt type thing. Yeah, rubber belt. Like you would see like a timing belt kind of thing okay. in your car, but it's it's right there on the bike. Anyway, within a few minutes, I saw this kid on this video with very little editing all of a sudden riding this bike and I'm like, Oh man, this is the bike for Ella. And then I go research it. and I'm like, Oh my God, it's like $400. And so we're like, Hey, maybe some people will pitch in and we'll get it as, as a birthday gift. And so that's what we ended up getting her. And so if, if any of you have kids that is, that are trying to learn to ride a bike, I think that might help you out. And, uh, the next thing is a th- also a thing that I want to recommend. I'm, I'm staring at it right now. Cause I'm looking at my computer screen, Ryan, it's this camera protector. And again, I don't know the brand of this, but Sean, I'll send you a link so we can put it in the show notes. I used to put like a piece of tape over my camera on the computer after, um, what was it called? That movie a Snowden maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The Snowden movie. Yeah. And, and because I, it, I didn't want, won't say it freaked me out, but man, I do some stuff in front of my computer that I don't want anyone else to see. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, uh, I gave... Mariah's always paranoid about that. Um, you gave me one. I, I, yeah, I bought one for the whole team, basically. Yeah, I, I gave... I handed it on to Mariah. She's definitely using it. I, You know, it's funny. The One of the biggest lines that stood out in that movie to me is uh-huh. when he's talking to his girlfriend, and she's like, well, if you don't have anything to hide, like, what's the problem? And he's like, well, that is that, that whole question is the problem. Yeah, I agree I, with that. Well... I want to agree with it, but I still don't understand it. Cause like I, well, really, let me explain it then. So, yeah. Cause I still come from that viewpoint where it's like, if you want to you look at my phone here, mm-hmm. here's my, I'll tell you my password. You can look at all this stuff on my phone. Uh, if you want to like watch a recording of my life, like I would totally like, I have nothing to hide. So, all right. But that's not true. You do things that are illegal. I'm certain. And, and so the problem is we have, you know, 70,000 pages of laws, whatever they are. And so we all do something that is, what is the the average American commits? How many felonies? Yeah. I think it's two felonies a week. It's insane. Yeah. And, and 
part of that has to do with antiquated laws. We're not, these aren't felonies that most people are going to get prosecuted for, you know, Mm -hmm. like in some states, sodomy is still illegal. And, and you're like, well, wait a minute, like how, how, and and there, there are a bunch of laws like that where, where there, there are laws that are on the books that, that no sane person is going to prosecute, prosecute you for, except here's the problem. When you have a, uh, a tyranny, you know, a, a tyrannical dictator take over a country, and I'm mm-hmm. not saying that's what's happening now, but no, you're saying at its terminus. Yeah, yeah, at its terminus, you you get a you know a Kim Jong Un figure where they have absolute access, mm. and they will ruin your life because they have absolute access to it, and so that anything they want to use against you, they can, mm. and so. Yeah, you may, you may not be better. doing something bad that you perceive, but if someone else perceives it to be bad, then all it's it's just it becomes this very slippery slope uh, very mm. quickly. And so, yeah. yeah, I may not be doing anything bad in my eyes, but I know that not everyone's going to agree with my with my points of view. And so that way of thinking is does end up being the problem because uh, all we're just one tyrant away from. Uh, from some sort of weird martial law and hmm. and division, and so I, I'd like to keep that to a minimum. Anyway, food for thought. The the camera protector that I have on the computer, it's great because it slides back and forth, and it's aesthetically beautiful. It looks like it's part of the the computer that I own, and so it looks like. In fact, I bet you this will become built in within three or four years. Every computer will have this little sliding mechanism. It's like a kind of like a little sticker, but it slides back and forth. It it, it adheres to the computer. But if I want to use the camera, I slide it over to the right. I use the camera camera to do a Skype session or whatever, and then I slide it back and it's good to go. Uh, Three other things real quick. I have an album, a book, and a movie. A new album from the hip-hop R&B artist LA. It's called Aura 2. He is the artist from North Dakota who lives in Atlanta, but his name is LA, but it's not spelled LA like the city. It's spelled E-L-H-A-E. And And for our foreign listeners, that's (laughs) E-L-H-A-E. (laughs) <laughs> Ryan and I, where were we? Were we in uh, Canada? We we're in Canada. Yeah, yeah. And someone was because sometimes we'll, we'll we we try not to personalize books because we want people to get rid of them afterward if we're signing books. Yeah. So we we don't really personalize books. But someone was like, "Hey, my friend couldn't be here. They're sick. Can you can, can you, you sign this to Lizzie?" I'm like, "Yeah. How, how do you spell that? L L I I Z. I'm like Z. I started writing Z E D." <laughs> and I'm like, wait, like that is not how you spell Lizzie. Lizzed? <laughs> I'm like, Zed, what is Zed? <laughs> yeah, anyway. so uh, anyway, yeah, uh, LA, uh, his album is called Aura. You can find it wherever you get good digital music, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, etc. Uh, a book that I want to recommend, I just saw the movie The Circle. And it was an okay movie. I love Tom Hanks as an actor, but the movie was not as good as the book. I know you've heard me say that before. Never heard anyone say that. Yeah, it's the it, first it, time I've ever heard anyone say that about any movie that was. How could a movie not, a not be as good as the? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the book is outstanding. Dave Eggers did a phenomenal job. To me, it's a masterpiece. I love the book. It's the book I wish. I, if you look at any novel that's ever been written in our lifetime, it's the book I wish I would have written. Either that or Freedom by Jonathan Franzen. But but the circle it it takes place in a not too distant future and it approaches both sides of uh, our technological advances so you've got you've got the luddites perspective and you totally identify with the person who wants to completely eschew technology altogether and live off the grid and then you also agree with the person who is like 
Edward Snowden's girlfriend or whoever you're talking about was like, what's the big deal? Technology is just helping us. It's doing nothing but aiding humanity. And you see that perspective as well. And it's really our job to figure out where do we fall in between those two perspectives. And it was a phenomenal book. The movie didn't do it justice. So check out the book instead. And then I have something that's the opposite. I just saw the movie called The Dinner with uh, Richard Gere. And I read the book a few years ago, but I forgot that I read the novel. And this is, and the, the movie is considerably different from the book. Uh, it takes place in America, whereas the book takes place in Holland, I believe. Anyway, uh, it is a decent book, but an outstanding movie. And it really makes you think about consequences and also how we treat the people in our lives. Mm. And it takes place over the the course of one evening and it's called The Dinner. I would encourage you to check it out if it's still in theaters or you might be able to find it online streaming somewhere. All right, Ryan, anything adding value to your life recently? Um, I'm a little late to the game here, but I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Totally worth it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like a Marvel fan, so anybody who is a Marvel fan out there, they're like, I can't get in the. They're like, lame. Man. Wonder Woman's already out. Anyway, <laughs> which I'll go see next Wednesday with my Marvel fan friend. Uh, the other thing, I think I've recommended this maybe on a previous podcast, but I'm going to recommend it again. There's this tea. Uh, the brand is Yogi, Y O G I, and it's called Soothing Caramel Bedtime. So it's it's that particular. Uh, that particular tea that they make, the soothing caramel bedtime, dude, it, it is like, it is unbelievable. I don't know what they put in it. Like I had to like look <laughs> at the ingredients and like, I didn't even, I mean, it's like some herbal stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard someone else recommend this as well. Tim Ferriss has recommended it. Uh, okay. I mean, maybe that's sure. what it was. I'll have to check it out. Cause Bex uses like the sleepy time tea at night. And yeah. It is. Switch it up. <clears throat> you can get Does it. Does it taste good? Yeah. It tastes, that's it too. Like it tastes freaking amazing. And it, within 20 minutes of me drinking it, like I'm starting to get that tired feeling. Um, yeah, it's uh, you can get it anywhere at your major grocery stores. I don't think like a 7-Eleven is going to have it. But uh, <laughs> for those of you who shop exclusively at 7-Eleven. <laughs> I um, use my 7-Eleven credit card. I got <laughs> points on it. Yeah. Um, and I did mention that, that game things earlier. I wasn't planning on recommending this, but there is a board game. Well, it's more of a... It's like a card game. Anyway, it's called Things. And essentially, it's kind of an adult. Like, you don't want to... Like, it gets adult really quickly. So, you'll pull a card from this deck. And it'll say something like, Things you wouldn't want to hear in a library. Uh-huh. And say you, Sean, and I are playing. Uh-huh. We each have a slip of paper. We write down, you know, things we want when you're here in a library. Uh, an earthquake. Or like, you know, you try to throw people off like, I don't want to hear uh, whatever, like insert ridiculous thing that you wouldn't want to hear inside of a library. Yeah. It becomes sexual and you end up really It becomes quickly. like, it becomes poop and farts like pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's a great game. It's the more people you have, the more fun it is. And the whole idea is you have to guess who said what. Uh-huh. So it's really cool. Um for people that you know you've known for a long time to play with, because how, how many you know, you people do you usually have to play well, with? Usually like eight. I so you, you get to see people. like how well you know someone, and then people you don't know, you get to know them a little bit better. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, kind of like card, Cards Against Humanity in a way. It is. It's like Cards Against Humanity and Apples to Apples like combined. I don't know if you've ever played Apples to Apples. I've heard but, about it. But anyway, yeah, it's it, it is a very fun game, and I just thought it was ironic to recommend things 
on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Let's move on to right here, right now. So we talk about what's going on in the lives of the minimalists. A few things. Ryan and I have a side project called Minimalism Life. You can just go to www.minimalismlife. We have a bunch of free wallpapers over there. Minimalism.life, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, minimalism.life. Yes. www.minimalism.life. Life. Life is the, uh, what's that, top-level domain, TDL, for, for those of you in the know. I like the internet. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> anyway, um, Minimalism Life is a side project we have. You can follow it on social media as well. Instagram is the best place to follow Minimalism Life because uh, Carl over at Minimalissimo, who we partnered up with, he handles that, that account, and we just post a bunch of really beautiful ar- architecture, design, f- photography. It's a well-curated feed, and also... Also, we just uh, put out volume two. We put out a quarterly volume with a bunch of different writing about minimalism. So what we try to do at Minimalism Life is we combine minimalist travel, minimalist design and architecture, and then minimalist well-being. So Ryan and I, the minimalist, we are the well-being side of things. And then we curate a bunch of other stuff as well. So the second volume came out. Everything we have over there is free except for the quarterly volumes. I think they're five bucks a quarter, like 20 bucks a year. And the cool thing is you get access to the, the back catalog as well. So you get access to the first volume and the second volume. If you're interested in that, if you don't want to support it and you just want to check out the free stuff, you can do that as well. Minimalism.life. Uh, Ryan and I are also on the road. It's called the Less Is Now Tour. We've been to 12 cities, which if you check my math here, Ryan. We're doing 40 cities this year. That means 28 more to go. Still a math podcast, Hold by on. the way. Let me get my abacus out. <laughs> you are the abacus. Oh, yeah. Uh, so here are the cities we're headed to. We're going to be, this month, we'll, we're actually headed to seven cities this month. We go out for a wave at a time, three or four cities at a time. First, it's California. We're going to be in San Diego. That one just sold out. We'll be at the House of Blues there. But... Um, we got some cool opener. We have an opener. Uh, Nicole Ray is going to, uh, I'm sorry, Rayleigh Nicole is going to be there. And uh, she's opening up for us. And then we have a really great guest. Lewis Howes will be our, our guest at that event. And uh, Los Angeles, after that, we're going to have Rob Bell there. And uh, Run River North is going to be the band who opens up the show. I'm so excited about that. And that one, oh, that one's sold out. Did I say that? Yeah. Uh, okay. San Francisco is not sold out, but there are maybe a dozen or so tickets left. So if you're in San Francisco or the Bay Area, get your tickets now while you can. That one will be sold out really soon. And then we're headed over to the Midwest. We're going to be Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland. Ryan, one of our favorite musicians, like our, probably our favorite shared musician. Like if we have, if we put up our top 10 list of shared musicians, he will rank highest on the top 10 favorite uh, favorites list. Yeah. Andrew Bell is going to be at our Indianapolis event, yeah, opening that wait. one up. That one is going to be so much fun. But then we're going to be back in Ohio, Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland. Tickets are available for all four of those events. And then after that, we're taking a, a little bit of a break, uh, about two months this summer. But then we're headed up to Canada. We've got six stops, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton before heading back to the States, Philadelphia, Manhattan, Brooklyn, headed over to the mountains after that, Salt Lake City, Denver, Phoenix, down to our, our first, uh, well, actually Canada's international, but then we're headed internationally again to Texas. <laughs> Wait a minute. And uh, no, we're headed to Austin, Dallas, and Houston. Uh, three great cities there. They'll be, have some good turnouts. Tickets available in all of those places. And then we're ending the year in Nashville, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Tampa, Detroit, and Milwaukee. We're going to have a bunch of special guests, not at every stop, but peppered throughout the tour. You can find all those dates 
cities, theaters over at lessisnow.com. What about overseas? Are you coming to Africa and Asia and uh, um, Australia and other places that begin with A? <laughs> and the answer is yes. If all goes well in North America, we'd love to take the Less Is Now tour to your country. So if you just sign up for our email newsletter over at theminimalist.com, you will be the first to hear about all of our new events as they're announced. Ryan and I also are trying to build a podcast studio, as we mentioned at the top of the show. We need your help. We need to get to 2,000 patrons. We're a quarter of the way there already, but we really need your help. Guys, here's the way I can, I can really say this. I hate continuing to ask for this because we don't want to do advertisements on this podcast, but we do need your help. Each episode, so, so we get about, um, I think it's three plus million downloads a month. So it's been as high as six uh, on sort of peak months. But that means most of our episodes average about a million downloads per episode, give or take, right? And if we got, you know, half of a percent of our audience to just donate a buck or two per episode, we could really create a sustainable media company, for lack of a better term. Now, I don't mean news media. I mean, it allows us to create meaningful things, whether it's great video creations whether it is video essays or new documentaries or mini series or our own TV show that we can get out there to folks, uh, we really need your help. Uh, just a buck or two an episode over at patreon.com slash the minimalist, uh, minimalists. That will help us out a lot. You can find a link to that in the show notes as well. By the way, if you're donating uh, $2 or more per episode, you're going to be part of our special monthly live stream. Our first one's going to be at the end of June, and then we're going to do a monthly live stream. We'll also also record that that video live stream as a private podcast just for those Patreon supporters. So if you want a private podcast where you can interact with us face to face or mic to mic sort of thing, you want to interact with us on the live stream, you'll be able to do that. And we'll record that as a podcast and send that out to all of our, our patrons as well. Also, you, if you can't afford to support us monetarily, totally understand that. No pressure. We're glad you find value in the message. But you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That, those reviews help us spread our message to more people. I haven't tallied up the final results from last month yet, Ryan, but we, uh, we saved several lives last month. Thank you to all of you. It really does mean a lot. We, we, did, uh, t- we did a $10 donation for every uh, review we received on Apple Podcasts last month. And we started the month off with just over 2,300 and we're over 3,000 reviews on Apple Podcasts now. And we're really grateful for all of you who decided to do that, not only because it helps get our message out in front of more ears, but also Ryan and I are donating 10 bucks for each one of you who who took the time to leave a review. And so if you want to leave us a review, we always love five-star reviews, but we expect you to be honest with your reviews as well so you can leave whatever you want. We're grateful for whatever you leave. Ryan, you got anything else? Yeah, man. I've got some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Hey, guys. This is Nikki from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. I just listened to your podcast called Media, and I actually have an app recommendation Um, I do have an Android, but I'm pretty sure there's an iOS and iPhone app out there that's similar. Um, It's called App Detox, and I love it because it allows you to restrict and even block access to apps on your phone. So I personally use it for Facebook and Instagram, and I allow myself a 30-minute time limit each day. 
Um, but at times, especially when I find myself getting lost in the infinite scroll of the news feeds, I'll actually block access completely. So I think that this has added a lot of value to my life, and I think it can add value to a lot of other listeners' lives as well. Hi, Josh and Ryan. This is uh, Mike in Rochester, New York. I uh, love the show. just wanted to, to leave a comment on the uh, media episode. You had a woman call in asking about uh, news sources and, and how to better manage your news. Uh, I did this a while back and, and did some research. And, and basically, you need to put in the amount of research that you want to get out of it in finding your news source that you're getting from your news. So what I did was I wanted international, domestic, and local. So I, I did some research and tried to narrow down uh, news outlets that would fit those three criteria. Uh, trusted news sources, non-biased, and that was important to me. Uh, to, to supplement that, I also added an app called Countable, and what it does is it, uh, it alerts you to any upcoming legislation or government trends or, uh, you know, vital important news. Um, a really good way of having something keep you in touch with your government and things that are important to us as citizens. Now, what a, a nice feature on the app also is you can there's a direct link to your representative, so your senator, your your representative in the house, uh, president, and, and what you can do is you can. You'll actually vote, like, yes or no, do you approve this legislation? Uh, if it's not something that's currently on the House or in the Senate, you can just take action. So you can email your representative on a, on a trend or an issue. Uh, so, so those things have really helped minimize my news intake and, and make it simpler for me. Rather than checking, you know, a million different outlets or trying to keep up with Twitter, uh, you know, I do probably five minutes on each news outlet each morning and then and then countable and to see notifications from those different news outlets really keep me up to date. And, and while it sounds like a lot, it, it puts me at ease, and, and that way I, I can get my value out of it and then move on with my day. I don't have to worry that I'm missing something or uh, anything like that. Hi, this is Hassan from Toronto, and I have a tip for those listeners who love to drive motorcycles. Owning a motorcycle can be quite expensive, with monthly payments, insurance costs, fuel, and storage if you live anywhere it snows. So, a few years ago, I sold my bike and now spend many of my weekends riding for free. Every major motorcycle manufacturer now has demo days where they will let you test drive new bikes for free. It's also a great way to meet new people and explore places you might not otherwise go. If you live in a large enough city, you can even find one of these events every week for the entire summer. All you need to bring is personal safety equipment and you're all set. Just visit your favorite motorcycle company's website and they will have all of the information you need. Enjoy! All right, y'all, that's it for this episode. If you have a question for The Minimalists, give us a call, 406-219-7839. 
You can also leave us a voice memo at podcast at theminimalists.com. And if you leave here with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have You gotta reach for and you gotta grab Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it So tear your eyes